I hope that you've come expectant this morning. Is anyone faith a bit raised just by lifting up the name of Jesus? When we know who our God is, are we a bit more expectant as to what he might do this morning? Turn to the person next to you saying, I'm expectant. Did I say that really badly? Can you say it the right way and not the way I said it? That would be really good. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, all right. Did anyone in this room have a birthday in the last week? If you did, put your hand up if you had a birthday in the last week. We Do you know that out of this group here, there are three people who had a birthday on Tuesday, the 26th. So Bella... Welcome this morning. Happy birthday for Tuesday. Evie had her birthday and I had my birthday. What about um, Norm had a birthday this week as well? Yeah. Anyone else? I don't want to miss anyone. What about next week? Is anyone having a birthday next week? There's a couple. Did Joel, did you just put up your hand? Oh, you're just scratching your chin. It's all right. Yeah, okay, Megan, we heard you. Now, there's a few of us and uh, I mention it because I... Uh, just letting you know, I really love presents. Um, <laughs> no. But uh, I mention it because I got a few cards. Does anyone like enjoy getting cards on their birthday? I remember as a kid, you had to open the card first, but it was such a drag. Oh, I have to open the card first before I open the present. But um, who knows that sometimes in your birthday cards, there's lovely messages, right? Sometimes if someone's put the thought in, there's a lovely message. Does anyone, does anyone keep their cards, like birthday cards? Anyone? Some? Some? I've got a few that I've got stored in a shoebox somewhere. But I, have, I only have a few cards. But what I have done over probably most of my life is kept any, like, encouraging messages or letters or, uh, yeah, those kind of things that, that have lifted me up, encouraging words that I've received. Who knows that it's actually great to keep those little notes as a bit of a reminder and every now and then you find those shoeboxes or whatever you might put it in and you have a bit of a read. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of those encouraging words sometimes, don't we? I don't know about you, but, but I quickly forget the encouraging words. I quickly forget them, so I need to keep them in a box, so every now and then I, I kind of I look. On the other hand, who knows that we seem to remember the discouraging words very, very well. We don't need to keep a box of them. They're kind of stored in our brains, and sometimes, unfortunately, they, they play on a loop, don't they? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's not just me. But uh, words are funny. They can, they can make us laugh, right? Words can make us laugh. They can make us cry. They comfort us at times. They, they shatter us at times. Who knows? Words inspire us. They motivate us. Sometimes they tear us down. And sometimes they exclude us. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. 
Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It, uh, it reminds me of one of my favourite moments in The Simpsons, it's, which is always a Homer moment. Am I the only one who likes The Simpsons in the room? It, it, surely not. There's this moment where, where Lisa is kind of talking and she, she says like an old proverb, which is, better to remain silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. While this happens, Homer is standing there and you see inside his head and his thought pattern and he's like, quick, I better say something. And he says, takes one to no one. (laughs) Which I think is just the funniest line. Anyway, this morning words have power, don't they? Words have power. They can create or they can destroy. This morning we're looking at um, we're looking at this idea together, and it's something that most of us know, whether it be you know intellectually know or most of us know from experience, don't we? That words can have power. I want to tell you this morning, with my words, I want to be someone that builds, that creates, that builds others up. But unfortunately, I know for myself that's not always the case, right? I, uh, I at times can be harsh. I can, I can say things out of anger or frustration at times. I, I can sometimes snipe with my words a little bit. And even worse, I think, I, I, I find myself sometimes caught up in gossip. Will you talk about someone when they're not around? They're having really good fun out there. Can we pretend like we're having a bit of fun like that? But, uh, but my words are powerful and I can curse. So we're going to have a look this morning uh, at a warning that James has for us. Uh, so we're going to look together at uh, James chapter 3, the, the first 12 verses of chapter 3. And this morning may not be new for you, it, uh, but I like the idea that just like a car, sometimes we just need regular servicing, right? Do you kind of know what I mean? Like, like we can get on top of something, but if we don't keep revisiting it, it breaks down. It, it, it ends up being that our words don't build, but instead curse. So are you with me? It's cool. It's not new, but it's a good reminder this morning. So let's have a look at James 3, verses 1 to 12 together. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, let me just say... The context of this verse isn't just for those teaching, but James is giving us a warning at the start. If you do use your words to teach, you need to be very, very careful. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's a pretty big call, isn't it? If we could control our tongues every other way. 
We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. James gets pretty harsh here. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. I think he's serious. (laughs) People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Can we just pray and then we'll explore this together? Our God, we, we know that you are with us. Holy Spirit, your presence is here. We just pray in these moments that, that you work on us, that you convict us, but then you gently guide us towards your preferred future. We thank you that you transform us, and we're praying for that in the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Words have power, but, James tells us, the tongue is hard to control. James says it pretty well in some pretty strong language, doesn't he? Not just teachers, but... All of us who follow Jesus need to tame our tongues. Is anyone already feeling slightly convicted? (laughs) Can I tell you this morning, this isn't me presenting this to kind of like tell anyone off. This is actually just out of what God's been showing me personally. Is that okay? that he's been revealing this, and this isn't me saying it like I'm some kind of authority to you, but actually this is something that God's been working on me, and I, I want to share it because I believe that there is life in it if we can control our tongue. Of course, when James wrote this letter, it, it wasn't a new idea, right? This idea of controlling your tongue. The book of Psalms a book full of wisdom, a book full of, uh, sorry, Proverbs, a book full of wisdom, a book full of uh, uh, wise sayings, is full of truth about our words. And I, I tried to, uh, to find the exact number. We, I, I couldn't do it and I, I didn't have the time to go through all of Proverbs and write every single time. It mentioned about our words. But I know that there's over 39 verses in Proverbs that talk about how we use our words. I think the way we talk has a lot to do with uh, our wisdom, right? That actually a wise person knows 
how to tame their tongue. Proverbs 12, 13. I've got a couple of examples that talk about how strongly Proverbs talks about how we use our words. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefits and hard work brings rewards. Proverbs 13.3 says this, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) That's when Homer would say something really funny. Uh, Now, according to Proverbs, it takes hard work, right? It takes hard work and discipline to make sure that we are wise with our words. And I... As I look through some of those examples in Proverbs, it seems that that the writer of Proverbs was saying, the less you speak, the easier it is. So, I don't know, there's a few people who are a few words. Who knows that they just seem wise when they don't speak. But uh, it takes hard work. Hard work. Now, I think for us in this room... To be using our tongues to bring life. For us to be using our words to bring life, to create life, to to build. There is more than just discipline. And, And this idea that James is presenting is more than just a moralistic idea. That you should just speak good words. And I think he gets to it at the end of his passage and it points us to something else. We're going we're gonna to look at a few different scripture verses, so we'll be jumping around. Mark's all over it. Look at him. And Rowdy. Thanks, Rowdy. Um, James covers it near the end of his passage. He says, Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. I think James is definitely pointing us back to an idea that Jesus talked about in Matthew. In Matthew 12, verses 33 to 37, Jesus had uh, just been accused. In fact, he, he, he had driven out some demons from someone, the story tells us. And he had just been accused by the Pharisees that he was getting his power from Satan. And starting at verse 33, a tree is identified, this is Jesus' response, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And this is the key one. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Jesus, again, like James, is being pretty strong with what he's talking about. I believe that this is an important idea. I believe that this is an important kingdom idea. 
not a, just a moralistic, we should do the right thing, but this is, there's something greater here. Our words aren't necessarily just a discipline issue, although discipline and hard work definitely help. But Jesus and James are telling us the way we speak is a heart issue. This morning, it's really simple, I think. Do you want to control your tongue? Do you want to speak life? Do you want your words to build others up? Do you want to create with your words over others? If that's the case, sure, we need hard work and discipline, but actually there's something more fundamental, and that's that we need to let God do a transformation work on our heart. An internal transformation, a cleansing of our heart, letting the Holy Spirit do potentially a deep work on us, helping us to be more like Jesus. I believe that uh, for that to take place, I want to thank God this morning that it isn't up to me to be that good, but that we, like we've sung this morning, have a God who is victorious, a God who brings salvation, who brings forgiveness, who, who comes with grace and love and who transforms us. It requires repentance, doesn't it? A turning back to God and a surrendering to Jesus as king. Jesus is king, not us. I am... Um, I've got a few things that I want to talk about practically, but I actually think just in this moment we need to pause. Is that okay? My faith is, is pretty lifted at the moment, thanks to a great time of praise together. But I know that I need to work on how I talk. I need to do the hard discipline work, but I know that it will flow from a heart change. Jesus at work in me. So I just want to take a moment to pause and pray together, right? Let's pray that God might do that transformative work in our hearts in these moments together. I, I'm sure that I'm not the only one in the room who needs to pray this. And it it's a bit of a hard prayer because I actually think we need to ask the Holy Spirit to convict us of maybe where things are wrong. But our God is good and gracious and loving and he cleanses us, not by our works but because of his work. So let's pray for that transformative power at work right now. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God can do it as we pray? Let's pray. God, we need you. We thank you that you transform us, that you change us, that you make us more and more like you, Jesus. And we pray for that right here, right now. Holy Spirit, as we, as we try and control our tongue, as we, as we try and build and create with our words, we ask 
that you help us. We repent and we place you again, Jesus, as king over our lives. We ask that you clean our hearts. We ask that our words might be an overflowing of that clean and transformed heart. Holy Spirit, in these moments, come and do that deep work. Thank you, God, and keep working, Holy Spirit, in these moments. We pray it in the name of Jesus, amen. We keep that kind of attitude of prayer where God keeps working on us. We are open. Who knows that it takes surrender to let God do work on us, right? Yeah, it actually... We don't just sit there going, okay, God, do your work. It's actually surrendering. God, I, I'm open for you to come and do what you need to do. That's a, that's a real prayer of faith that we just prayed, that we believe that God's good enough and that he will do that. So now in faith, I want us to move forward a little bit and hear some of Paul's words for us. How we can live as followers of Jesus. And we're going to just take a quick look at Ephesians 4. And we're going to start at verse 20. Uh, And this is just Paul's words about how we live as followers of Jesus, living in the light. Uh, And he starts this whole paragraph by saying, don't live as the Gentiles do. Don't live as the world does. Starting at verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your heart. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, 
has forgiven you. This morning, this requires action from us, doesn't it? We go, we're going to put off our old nature, just like Paul instructs us to do. Put off our old sinful nature, and we with faith are going to put on our new nature. But we're going to now take some steps of action. Because it's good to talk about, I want to create and build with my words. And it's good that... Well, we know that that flows from our heart state. But let's put some action. If words have power, us in this room, let's use that for kingdom purposes, right? Yeah? To build and restore. To encourage and lift, to inspire and prophesy over each other. Words are powerful. It tells us in Scripture that God spoke the universe into being. Words are powerful. This morning, we want to see God's kingdom come, don't we? We want to see it come in the life of the person next to us. We want to see it come in those in our family, in our workplaces, in our neighbourhood. I believe that God's given us a tool to use, our words. Words can encourage, to lift. And I was just thinking this morning, what a great time to activate that tool and those gifts. I'm smiling because, you know, I'm going to make you do some stuff. It's great. It's not scary. Don't worry. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. It's all good. It's okay. (laughs) So we're going to, I'm going to encourage you to encourage and lift up someone else this morning. Just in the room, in conversation, I'm sure that you can do that for someone else. Now, we sometimes did this at youth camps and what would end up happening is that, you know, the 12 or 13-year-old would say, hey, Dan, I really like your hat. <laughs> is that what he did? Uh, not that kind, That that's nice, but... But I mean something that actually builds someone up. Not the way they look, not not what they're wearing. But let's draw out God's goodness, God's creation in each other. Let's encourage each other. So I want you to do that in conversation. We're going to have some time. I'm sure you'll get to to chat with one another. And and I, I challenge you to do that for someone else this morning. The other is, we know that church isn't just now and just in this building, but we are the church as we leave here, and that we all have a sphere of influence, whether that be our workplace, our family, our school. These words of encouragement and building up for God's kingdom don't just exist within the church. Who knows that we have neighbours who need to be encouraged and hear God's goodness over them. That we get to speak God's goodness over them. That they are of worth. That God has created them. Who, Who thinks that? That's powerful. If we get a hold of that, who knows that that might change our neighbourhood. So I want you to write to someone. I want you to text someone. I want you to to be brave this week and speak life over someone else. 
We're going to speak life, right? Yeah? Are you with me? Who knows? It sounds pretty simple. I think it kind of is. I just think that we need to do it again and again. So we're going to help each other do this because uh, the other week, I'm trying to remember, it was Jacob. He got us to be accountable to each other. Is that right? We wrote the notes about who we were going to serve that week. Um, uh, I want you to do similar this morning. I just want you to share with the person next to you. Uh, I'm going to encourage, you may not know the name yet, but I'm going to do it. And then next week, check in on each other. Is that okay? We understand how that works. I don't need to set it up or number you. No, no, I want you to encourage someone else, but you can tell the person next to you who you're going to this week and check in. Don't talk, whatever you do, people, don't talk to your wife. <laughs> Just, whoa. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, don't, make it harder if you want to. Um, just to share a story with you, when, when I was about 17, I, I was part of a, a boys' small group. And we were pretty typical 16, 17-year-old boys. And maybe the words we spoke weren't where they were supposed to be. Maybe there was a bit too much cursing. Maybe there was a, a bit too much paying each other out or other people. We challenged each other as a small group. We, through, uh, through reading God's word, actually were pretty convicted about how we were using our, our words and our mouths. And so we, we just kept each other accountable. That if someone started talking about someone else in a, in a gossipy or putting down way, we would pull each other up on it. If one of us cursed or swore or, or something else, we would pull each other up on it. We would say, actually, we don't need to do that. That's, that's not life-giving. Now, we were 17, so the way we did that was if someone did that, we'd punch each other. That was, it was a really kind of almost torture that if you spoke it, then someone would give you a dead arm. But I'm not encouraging you to do that. But surely as a church family, we can encourage each other. We also can stand up when we think that we are not speaking life, can't we? Are you willing to be held account too? Because that, that can be tough sometimes, especially when there's a good joke at the end of it. But let's commit that to each other. I, uh, I really want to start something, and it's, it's anti-gossip, okay? Anti-gossip, hear me for a second. You know how too often we get caught talking about someone who's not there? And sometimes it can be kind of, uh, you know, putting them down or, or talking about how they did something badly. What if we talked about each other all the time, but instead we were building each other up? What, you, what if, it's really easy because he's out there with the kids this morning. What if we talked about Dan Hale for a second in a group here? Do you know that Dan Hale gives so much time to our young people every week? Like kids, youth. Do you know that he's an unbelievable youth worker? That he brings life and he speaks those encouraging words over each other. Do you know that he would do anything for anyone? 
that he's a generous guy, that God's got a plan over his life and a purpose on his life. What if we spoke about each other like that all the time? It builds us up too, you know, as we are one body. Let's pray and then I encourage you, encourage someone else this week. This week, encourage someone else. Speak life over them. Uh, And let's just keep praying that God keeps cleansing, transforming our hearts. God, you are good. So good. We thank you that you have given us this tool of words. Holy Spirit, may we use them for your glory. May we use them for your kingdom purposes. Help us control our tongues. May we bring life. May we speak life. May we speak prophetically over others so that your kingdom may grow, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go and be and talk and encourage. Uh, Have a great week. Uh, That's it.